Well, welcome to another episode of the More Than A Game podcast. And joining me on the podcast today is Sydney Kings legend and NBL commentator, Brad Rosen. Brad spent five season, seasons with the Kings back in the 90s before stepping into the world of commentary. And uh, he's had a tremendous career, and I'm looking forward to hearing all about that today. He's the recent recipient of the uh, King of uh, Ring of Honor for the Sydney Kings. And uh, great acknowledgement, a great achievement for his time spent uh, with the club. Uh, he had the nickname Lightning. He's a former assistant coach with the Kings as well. We look forward to hearing his story today. Brad Rosen, welcome to the More Than A Game podcast. Thanks, Dan. Great to be here, mate. Really looking forward to it. Love uh, love the show. Watched a few of them, so it's great. That's good to hear, mate. Good to hear it's getting out there. The message is out there, so that's good to hear. But before we um, start, I just need to congratulate you once again formally for your achievement for the Ring of Honour with the Sydney Kings. No doubt a great honour for you uh, receiving that award earlier this year. Yeah, it was. It was uh, It was pretty amazing um, to be able to well, just to be nominated with the guys that were, yeah. that were on there was was fantastic. And then to get a call from Paul Smith to say, uh, you've won it, and some of the words he said to me was was pretty special, I'll be honest. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, th- things that he said he didn't have to, and it certainly gave me um, – to, uh, chills. Um, I understand. I was, you know, I'm not the greatest player to ever put on a single for the Kings. I know that. You know, you were pretty good think. though, mate. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but you know what? I, I'll go for my teammate Maddie Nielsen. You know, so um, so yeah. I played with some great players. You know, Maddie Nielsen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bruce Bolden, Shane Hill. You know, you name them. Uh, Dean Utoff, Mark yeah. Dalton, Damian yeah. Keogh. Like I was so lucky to be in an era of, of those type of caliber players, Leon Trimmingham, etc. So mm-hmm. um, to be able to sort of get that Ring of Honor was special, and and I. You don't realise it when you're younger, but, you know, people go, oh, you know, to have your family involved, but to be able to walk on that court. And the Kings are doing so well, there was 14,000 people there. Yeah, so, so it was really nice. And, and and to have the kids come on with me was, and my wife obviously was hugely special. And I don't think, well, I haven't got it on at the moment, but I don't think I've taken the ring off since I got it. Yeah, yeah no doubt. I bet, mate. That, that was incredible. And you spent five seasons there. We're going to dive into mm. your story, but I just shows the contribution that you did have even though you were only there for a short time, really. So, Yeah, I, I actually remember going to their first game in 1987 as a spectator, thinking yeah, I'd love wow. to do this one day. So to me, it's um, the Kings always been, you know, I was, I was a floor wiper for, you know, yeah. before the Kings started, they were the Supersonics. So yeah. uh, I used to wipe the floor for them. So I think I've done every single role that's possible in that yeah, club. Yeah. Oh, mate, we look forward to diving into it and, and hearing more about your story there, but um, it's part of your blood. But before we do that, I just want to dive into a few things, get your thoughts on a few things, uh, particularly yeah. the Australian Boomers who uh, announced their 15-man squad for the upcoming World Cup. The Australian NBA Boomers. Yeah, I know oh, what you mate. Mean. It's <laughs> a, Yeah, I know. It's phenomenal. It just goes to show the depth we have in the country at the moment. We're blessed with talent, and it's really it's, incredible to see. The, the incredible thing is who's going to miss out. Yeah, well, that's what we're going to ask The talent is yes. unbelievable. Yeah. Who do you think misses out, but also um, what Oof. excites you most about that team? Um. Well, the potential, uh, yeah. and when I say potential, I shouldn't probably say that considering we're a bronze medalist, but, mm. but potential now and potential going forward, you know, it's been widely spoken about that at the end of the 2000 games, you know, when you had your Andrew Gaze, Vlahovs, Brad Keys retire, mm. uh, Shane Hill played on, 
in the 2004 Athens, I'm pretty mm. sure. So he didn't retire then. But yeah. to have everyone of that calibre walk out, it hurt the club. It hurt the boomers, I shouldn't say club, sorry. So, mm. so that was really difficult. There's no doubt about that. And then you look at guys now like, you know, there was Bogut and, and then, you know, obviously Paddy Mills and, mm. and, and Joe Ingalls and that calibre, you know, Brokhov, all of those guys mm. that were part of that. Um, you start to think to yourself, oh, God, what's going to happen when these guys are done? And now you just mm. look at it and you look at mm. Giddy and you look at Cooks and, and you know, Green and, and mm. Thiable are massive on Thiable. So, mm. you know, uh, Dante, um, all, all these players that you're just like, wow, we're, we're going to be good. We're going to be mm. fine when these yeah. guys leave. You know, we, we've got yeah. um, so many players that's coming through. One you'd know from the Sharks is, is obviously mm. Tyrese Proctor. Mm. You know, I'm very close with their family. So mm. look out for him. He's tearing it up yeah. at Duke and what he's going to do. So right. it's just such exciting times going forward. So we're in good hands. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's fine. Um, look, I, I know they've they named it to a 15. I, I do have my opinion. I, I'm pretty sure... Who, um, in my opinion, who's going to make it? But she's, you know, like don't want to go online and say it, but I will. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's so hard. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Well, again, I think we're a good chance of winning. Um, yeah, absolutely. USA don't look all that strong. Um, the interesting the players they've um, put together, but uh, mm -hmm. we look forward to it. But the amazing thing is the caliber of the NBL players as well. They've missed out, and mm. uh, there's quite a few of those. And um, we'll step into the NBL preseason as well because it is in full swing and it's been incredible to see the, the play movement, new coaches coming in. It's just exciting. I'm looking forward to it, as no doubt you are. Um, but what team has excited you or what team's recruitment has impressed you the most in the offseason? Well, it's twofold and, and people will shoot me here if I say the Sydney Kings. So I'll go straight to the one that's the real exciting one and that's United. Mm. What they've been able to do is um, unbelievable. Um, you know, they've always been that club up there, but, you know, by their accounts, and I'm, a, you know, love Dean Vickham and love the way he coaches, mm. there's no mm. question by their accounts they didn't perform where they wanted to last year because the only way they perform is winning it. It's like, you know, everyone mm. say about the Wildcats, you don't win it, mm. you failed, you know. Mm. So, so yeah. for me, I, I don't think, you know, they had a great year for their standards um, and what they've been able to do, uh, JAL coming back, although I know, he's injured but he'll come back into that fold they've picked up Ian Clark they've picked up some really nice pieces mm. uh, and to put that around CJ Delhi's back and and stuff like that um they're they're really exciting to me mm. um I then go to the other complete other end I think you know uh what the Sydney Kings have been able to do by losing mm. their head coach and five of their starters not just five mm. players five starters mm. and be able to recruit what they've done mm. amazing you know, just, just absolutely amazing to be able to do that. Their pe their bench is good. They've mm. got a great core. Yeah. Uh, you know, what Glover did in the grand final series was outstanding. Sure, Bruce has been great. But the one that excites me the most, and yes, I played with his dad. And yes, you know, he was mm. uh, used to be in the back of my car in a, in a child's seat when I was 1996 and he was born because I'd pick up Bruce in training. Yeah. Uh, can't, can't wait to see Joan apply. Um, I know he's been out for three years. Um, mm. You know, this guy is what? good 6'10", 6, 6, can shoot the three, run the lanes, block shots. Mm. He can do it all. Mm. And to me, there is no doubt that, you know, he his ceiling is so high. Yeah. Uh, I just can't wait to see what he's out like after three years out. Two years, a great pickup. They're bringing back the old MVP. Mm. So, um, yeah, really exciting times uh, across mm. the board. Perth's another interesting one. Adelaide, you know, mm. CJ's recruit and Brisbane have done what they've had to do. Yeah. Cairns losing Pinder hurts. That really yes. hurts. 
Uh, obviously, DJ Hogg, they lose. He goes to the Kings. So, mm. um, yeah. yes, and it's going to be some interesting ties, but don't underestimate those teams. We know that Illawarra's bolstered up again, so I'm looking mm. forward to seeing them. So, yep. it's going to be a ripper season. It is, mate. And it will start September, end of September. So, looking forward Come to Come on, that. hurry up. I reckon, eh? Bring it on. <laughs> Got to get through the World Cup first, mate. So, what's Yeah, the- yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to that too. That's going to be that's great. Right. Absolutely. Um, so just on those, like you mentioned, playing in the 90s, um, you know, mm-hmm. receiving your acknowledgement or the Ring of Honor in front of 14,000 people, like uh, basketball in this country is at an all-time high. The mm. caliber of players we've got, the NBL is going great. Uh, can you compare the eras when you played? And, you know, they talk about the 90s being so, that's when I started watching and it was so big and sold out crowds in the entertainment center. Uh, where do you think basketball sits now compared to back then? If you would have asked me that two years ago, and forget COVID when I say this, I'm just saying basketball in a general. If you would have said that two or three years ago, I would have said, man, that, you know, like basketball's getting back to where it was. Mm. And, you know, thank God for Larry Kelsman and his team because yeah. we wouldn't have had a league. It's pretty obvious, right? Mm. So, so you, you know, you look at what they've done, and, and I've been part of the commentary now for six, seven seasons, and, you know, I've seen it go up and up and up, and I, I get a lot of stats given to me in the sense that, you know, participation's up, crowd numbers are up, et cetera. Yeah. And you think they're getting back there because the 90s was just unbelievable you know mm, in Sydney, mm. you know you go places you were seen you were known you everything's going on yeah but i think now there's a very big argument to say what's better i don't know i just sit mm. here and go both are damn good yes. um, you yeah. know i've been been part of this now this this season or season gone i mean eighteen thousand people for the last two games at the Sydney yeah. Kings, sold out in Melbourne, sold out in Adelaide, Perth, mm. always 13 plus. Mm. You know, every mm. venue you go to, Cairns, can't get a seat. Tasmania sold out for 50 years or whatever it is. <laughs> you know, you, you just look at it, New Zealand, what they were able to do last comp, and, and there's yeah. another one who's going to be good, sorry, because, you know, massive William McDowell-White fan. But yeah. um, I, I look across the board and I just think to myself, is it better than what it was? Yeah, is it worse than what it was? No, it is. Was back then is great. Yeah, like I can't. Yeah, I don't think it's right in a way to compare one to the other. I think mm. you can just say they were both outstanding. Right now, it's at its absolute peak. That mm. is where it's ever been, mm. and I think it will just continue to grow. We're just so blessed to have a fantastic team in the NBL, and I'm not mm. saying that as a commentator. I'm saying that because mm. of what they've been able to do. Mm. Absolutely, mate. Well said. It's exciting. I look forward to kicking off once again. But uh, as you've been saying, the Kings are part of your blood. It's in your blood. And, um, yeah, your family, but come from a basketball family. Um, but I mean, the Rosa name is synonymous with uh, basketball in this country. But uh, where did it all start for you guys? Where did, it, where did the basketball or the passion for basketball begin? Yeah, it's funny. Like, growing up, um, you know, my brother, uh, I've got two brothers. Uh, my oldest brother actually was a runner. And he actually qualified for the 1988 Seoul Olympics with running. So he was Australia's fastest 100-meter runner back then. Mm. Um, But he blew his knee out and he couldn't go and then had hamstring problems and so on. So he he never actually got to that pinnacle, if you call it. But, I mean, Mm. you know, he ran with and against the best ever. And um, and so it, it, it was sort of always in our blood. My dad was you know tennis player one under davis cup but never you know at, at the highest of levels or something mum's always sporty and then basketball was not you know i played cricket and tennis and every sport possible when i was mm. younger and then i remember at school i was like there was nothing to do in the summer i'll just try this basketball thing so then it came my older brother was playing um that's my middle brother uh, yeah. and he was he was quite playing at the sydney comets and then 
back then, you know, now there's like 200 kids that try out back then. We need an extra guy. Can you do this, Brad? Oh, yeah, like, yeah. I'll, I'll come play. So yeah. you, you got asked to play because there wasn't enough players. So, so for me, it's just like, yeah. And then you just, then I just loved it. And then in 85 is when the Comets or back then, sorry, the Supersonics was mm. bought out by the organization, which was headed by Mike Robleski, but there was Andrew Lazarus, who was the president of the Sydney Supersonics. Mm. So oh. I used to go and watch them play. And now we're talking guys like, um, you know, Derek Polt, Tiny Pinder, Wayne Kreklow, all these guys that a lot of people may or may not know, but mm. they were my heroes back then. Sure. And so I got to watch them play. And then, then it was like, I want to be this guy. Like I, I want to do that. And, um, mm. Uh, it was an amazing story. I remember when I was six uh, in under 16s, I was really short, which really hasn't changed. But anyway, um, <laughs> I was under six. Uh, I was under 16s, and and one of the guys at the end of training was sitting there, and he says to me, he "says Have you ever thought of being a coxic in a rowing boat? You know, the guy at the front that yells out." row or more or whatever it was yeah, yeah and i thought okay well you don't think i can play basketball that's really nice of you so that just <laughs> made so that just made me even get more just wanted to knock a brick wall down and get there but yeah so it sort of started when i was young and then and then it was life and then michael jordan era hit mm. everything happened you know so then it was like yeah that's me absolutely excuse me while i'm trying to find this article but i was reading the article from matt McQuaid when you won the achievement and i just love the quote of the he had in here, um, I'll just quickly bring it up. It, here it is. He wrote that, um, uh, yeah, Brad Lightning Rosen, which was your nickname, is one of those stories that Hollywood loves, a kid with a dream who made that dream into reality. I love that. <laughs> and it just shows, again, and we've had people like BJ Carter on the you know the mm. podcast and I think of players like him that just have that dream of making it, do all, mm. do all they can to make it and then, to be able to put on the Sydney Kings jersey. Can you remember the moment oh, yeah. that you got the debut call up? Oh yeah. Put the signal oh, yeah. for the first time. Oh, like it was yesterday, mate. So yeah, it was um yeah. it was amazing. I remember I was I'd been training with the Kings for a while and and it was different back then. Like for me, there was 10 players that were contracted. There was no, you know, development players. There was none of that, right? right. It was yeah. like, it was like, hey, Brad, do you want to come down to training? Because we need extra training, mate. Yeah, sure, mate, I'll come down. And then you sort of get into the swing of things. And then I was playing ABA at that level and had some big games in that. And I was chosen to be in the All-Star 5 for the whole ABA. And then, you know, you start mm. to think, hang on, can I do this? You know, mm. like, and then, mm. and then I remember in 84, uh, sorry, 94, there was the World Championships on and Hubbard and Keo both made that and they were Kings players. So they went, but then there was mm. a tournament down in camera and Bob's like, do you want to come? Well, oh yeah, you know, mm. you kidding mm. me? So mm. I never, ever wore just old school how it was. I would never wear a King shirt, Kings tracksuit, Kings anything. Because I, to me, I didn't want to wear it because I wasn't part of the team. That mm. was the first thing, weekend I ever wore it. Yeah. And that was fun. And then I remember in 95, unfortunately, Phil Smythe, great man, loved him, the general. He popped his shoulder out. And for the last eight games of the season, that was when I signed my first contract. Mm. And I remember standing in the locker room and I'm next to big bad Dean Utoff. My wow. God bless him. I love Sparky. Yeah. And, I, and I'm sitting there and, and I'm just like got up and I put the singlet on and I'm looking in the mirror at the entertainment center and he could see and he was yeah. seeing and he just came, you know, put his arm around me like, wow. I know. You know, like yeah. that. And I just remember it still gives me a lump in my throat now. And yeah. I just remember thinking, wow. Like, yeah. you know, like I've, I've made a dream come true. Mm. But as soon as that happened, it's like, right now, how can I continue this? But still, and then Keo, uh, that was, Keith, Damien Keo was playing that year and he looked at me, he says, Brad, I just want to give you one thing. He said, that's it. He said, 
he said, when you run out, there's heaps of TV cables. Don't trip over them. I was like, oh, <laughs> Damien, don't do that to me, mate. Yeah, exactly. so it was yeah. good fun. It was good fun. Yeah. Wow, what a story. Can you, if there's any kids listening, obviously, I was a kid once and my dream was to be professional. Didn't quite make it. That's okay. I've said that in the podcast before, but, you know, just to have one game at that level would have been incredible. But for you, what did it take to get to that level? Obviously, a lot of hard work and, and uh, the dedication. Um, but what's one tip you'd give the younger viewers or younger players who uh, had that dream of one day making it? Don't die wondering. Yeah. That's what that's what I used. Just don't die wondering. You know, I can tell you I had so many coaches that said no. I mean, I, even Bobby Turner, I think at one stage was like, oh, I just think he's a bit short. You know what I mean? Mm. So mm. Uh, uh, for me, then I knew, well, it's got to be speed. You mm. know, if I, if, I, if I don't have my speed, man, I'm just another number. Mm. and I'm not going to make it. And I, I think there was a lot more talent than me um, that didn't make it. You know, growing up through the ranks, you know, 16s, 18s, tried out for state teams, got cut, mm. you know, was never that guy, didn't start in some teams thinking, well, mate, I'm not even starting in this team. How am I going to go next? You know, mm. no, nah, didn't matter. And I just thought, well, I'm just going to keep going, keep going. And then mm. and then just something clicked. And, and a lot of I owe that to Cliff Martin, uh, who was my ABA coach. Uh, mm. The Sydney Comets, we won a national title in 92, Mm. Um, and we had guys like Mark Ridlin and, and, and guys like Jerry Everett playing for us, and we won the title. 93, we missed out on that one. But then mm. in 94, the Sydney Kings took over the Comets ABA now. It was called CBA back then, yeah. and they became the Sky, which is Sydney Kings Youth, and that mm. was the best thing that happened to me, and I was able to start, play, you know, mm. had some big had some big games, and then you start to think to yourself, man, I, I can do this. So my advice would be don't die wondering. I don't want to say don't listen to anyone because that's not the right advice. But what I mean is, is you know, there's always outside noise that you might not be able to, you know, do this and you're too small, you're too high, you, you know, you're not big enough, you're not small. You're all of these things. Nah. Yeah. There's always room for something, always yeah. room for something. Just be that guy. Mm, that's good. Hey, good advice. Let's jump to the on-court stuff now or the, uh, what happened on the court because, you, again, as you said, incredible players uh, throughout the 90s and um, – yeah, it's funny you mentioned the Sydney Sky. It brings back a bit of nostalgia. Mm, Played halftime yeah. at the Sydney Sky match back in the day. So nice, nice. Yeah, it goes goes back a long way now. But um, on the court again, blessed with so many great players, but couldn't quite get that elusive title back then in the nineties with all the great players that the Kings did have. Even got the nickname the Violet Crumbles. Um, yeah, harsh. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was. But what do you put that down to in that time? Like great coaches, great players. Was it a mentality thing? Um, you know, just the yips, as they call it, or whatever. But what? Was yeah, it's that? probably. Uh, uh, look, personally, probably everything. You know, I don't think it's one thing. Um, mm. Coaches were great. Players were great. Um, sometimes there can be too many good players. You know mm. what I mean? It's, um, and you know, you need role players. But then you had role players, and there wasn't the great players. You know, so yeah. there is a lot that goes in. You know, now I can say this, not back then. You know, being the fact that I was able to be part of two championships under when Brian Gorshin was the coach and I was the assistant. Mm. There, you know, you, you make your own luck, but there's also luck. There can be injuries, you know. I mean, there was times there the Kings, you know, they look very good, but then like a Mark Dalton goes down injured or something like that. And it's like, man, that's huge. Or, mm. um, you know, Ken McCleary couldn't finish the season or Dwayne McLean or whatever it was. So, mm. and, you know, in, in the years we were in, um, you know, you have injuries and, and, and thing goes, so it goes wrong. So there's so much that has to go right for it to win, but... Yeah, we just we didn't have the mix of what what was needed. Um, mm. You know, it can add egos into that. There always is, um, and and it's difficult. Absolutely. We mentioned some of those players, um, guys like Shane Hill, Damien Keogh, 
Bruce Bolden list goes on, uh, the players you played with. Um, who mm. was the, the standout in terms of ability and also the best team? Oh, I mean, you know, I mean, Matt Matt Nelson was probably like I played with him in the sky, so we go back to you know many many years. Yeah. Uh, great mate, and um, and it was always like, man, I mean, this kid made the Kings. I think he first was sixteen or something. You know mm. what I mean? It was like well, yeah. he's he's a freak. You know what I mean? Yeah. What 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 is he going to do? Mm. And um, you just see, saw him do things in games, and you're like, oh my god. Um, I do remember one guy that played that. Um, but he only played like six or seven games with Stephen Jackson. Now he ended mm. up going on to the NBA. Yes, he came in the 98 season and we had eight imports go through the team that season. He was number Gosh. one. He was one, two, three or four. I don't know. And, um, and I remember, um, you know, he did some dunks at training where we were like, oh, my God, you'd never mm. seen. Nowadays, that happens every training. But, you know, back then it was like, oh, my God, this guy. So as, as sheer athleticism, I don't know if anyone even competed. And I'm talking Leon yeah. as well. You know, Leon Trimingham, I saw some amazing stuff. Yes, yes. Um, you know, for a sheer dagger, and I will tear your heart out, is obviously Hammer, Shane Hill. Mm. I don't care where I am, what yeah. it is, I'm going. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. as a fierce competitor, second to none. You know, and I, I was the backup point guard, so I got to guard him every day at training. Well, mm. I shouldn't call guard him. I ran after him every <laughs> day at training. Uh, but but he was he was another level too. So, mm. um, but then, you know, like Bruce Bolton, the absolute most, um, most uh professional without mm. a doubt always you know uh, always ready to go do what um do what's necessary to get right for the games um mario donaldson was another one he mm. used to go through trainings that he wouldn't miss wouldn't miss a training yeah. one of the most talented guys i've ever seen um you know just tear things up uh, was aaron Traher. Yeah, you know, he yeah. came from he came from Perth, and it was like you know he's mm. the poor thing, the next Shane Hill, because Shane made the NBA then, right. and the pressure on him was not. But mate, he could shoot the mm. shot out of it, you know. But we had some amazing players, and I could go on Dean Utoff, um, mm. you know, the size we Mark Dalton, you know, he's one of those guys. Put your arm around you, I got you, mate. Come with mm. me, you know. Mm. So I was blessed to play with so many great players, so yeah. many great players. Absolutely, one of the greatest imports of for me, the greatest Kings import. Oh, I love watching was James Smith. Did you get a chance to play with him at all? Or? No, he was the year after me. Now right. that was athleticism. Yes. Man. He could he could dunk that boy. Yeah. So um so yeah. yeah, he I think he was the year after me or something. Right. Or the year after that or something. So yeah. Right. Yeah, amazing player. But um I did see that you retired in the ninety after the ninety eight, ninety nine season. Yep. And it, after that, looks like the career went cold. So, what happened that you didn't kick on? Yeah, no, or... it's um, I had a shoulder reconstruction, and right. um, I actually like Brett Brown took over that year, right? right. So it was ninety eight, ninety nine, um, and I was captain of the team back then. Mm. And my I actually dislocated my shoulder in ninety six, and I'd been carrying that shoulder, if you call it, um, yeah. and it was fine for it was fine while I was playing, but it kept slipping out. So I'd have to get injections mm. and things and it was just painful. And it was like one time too many. It was like, right, I need surgery. So I had the surgery mm. and after surgery, then, you know, Brett Brown offered me a two year deal. And it was mm. like, I don't know if the body can keep doing this. And I hate, yeah. I, I look back now, I should have gone on like, come on, mate, it's a shoulder, yeah. get on with it. Yeah. But just back then it was just like, that was my second shoulder surgery, you know, ankles, yeah. knees playing. And it was just like, I don't think this is going to be for me. I look back now and think I retired too early. Mm -hmm. um, probably my biggest regret was not playing under Brian Gorgian. I was offered a contract in 97. 
to wow. go play for the Magic. Yeah. Um, Gorge rang me, and I thought it was a joke first off, got to be honest yeah. with you. Um, yeah. And, you know, he's on the phone to me, you know, come down. We've got Jason Smith and Steve Dremick. We, <laughs> we, we want you. Come yeah. on. Come yeah. on, Rosen. Come on. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so that was probably my biggest regret. Not regretting that I didn't leave the Kings because I loved and feel honoured that I played a one club. Mm, I, I do absolutely. I do love that. Mm. Um, but my biggest regret was not playing under him for sure. Mm, absolutely. Well, you moved into the world of coaching after that. Yeah. I didn't Gorsh. realize that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So coaching under him, I um, you know, you often hear about the great coach of the years, and not just um, well, obviously in basketball he's the goat, you have to say, but when you look at guys like Wayne Bennett in the NRL, mm. Kevin Sheedy, mm. AFL, these he's guys you hear about and they're just um incredible coaches, but when you talk to people that were either coached by them or know them intimately, you get you get the you get a bit of a picture as to why they are so good. So yeah. from your point of view, what made Gorge so good in terms of getting his team up and and being so successful in this country? I can't tell you what he's taught me in life. And, you know, I, I have uh, an electrical air conditioning and building business. Mm. And um, what he taught me in those two years has helped me in life, not mm. just basketball, because mm. the simple answer is he's a people's person. He knows how to motivate, how to get people going. And, mm. and you know, what I saw him do was second to none. Now, I was lucky enough. I was the assistant coach of the Sydney Kings, but then I was also the head coach of the ABA program, which is now NBL1, right? Yes. Yes. So I, uh, we were in the Waratah League. And back then I had guys, uh, Dave Barlow, Graham Dan, um, Steve Whitehead, Chris Storber, Rod Proctor, who we spoke mm, about, Tyrese. Yeah. So, so we, uh, we went um, and I coached for four seasons. And while mm. I was coaching, I was assistant. So obviously coaching during the winter mm. and then assistant coaching the Kings through the summer. Yep. And what Gorge was able to teach me, I, I won four championships in a row with that ABA team, went to nationals, wow. no imports, um, you know, got beaten by Sean Redditch, 48 points in a final. Bugger. <laughs> oh, um, and, you know, to be able to do that with with no imports was like that team was phenomenal. And because mm. I learned so much off Gorge, there is yeah. no question. So the biggest thing, and to get back to answering the question, is what he does off the court. Mm. So I remember, you know, speaking to Gorge, and he's like, 80%, 90% of your work's done before the ball's thrown in the air. Just get it. You know, like, you know, it's coffees, it's teas, it's drinking, it's this, it's doing that. Every guy understands his role, what knows yeah. to go on. And that's what I think the strength of him was. And that's why you look at all his teams, it doesn't matter if it's player one or player 10 or 12, they all come on, they all play hard, they all do exactly what he needs to do. And mm. everyone always used to say, oh, he always, you know, why do juniors play so well? They knew their role. Yeah, He would yeah. not, he would not, he handpicked them. They were good people off the court. Mm. No, no egos, no, any egos, get out the door, mate. Don't yeah. need you. You worry about your own backyard, right? Yeah. So, um, so that's, that's what, uh, he taught me and, and that's taken me in my business and my life of what, of what I was able to do, no question. Yeah. Uh, just touching on those people skills that he did have because, you know, translating that into your business, uh, but also more, more broadly through his managers, CEOs listening, mm. I guess that's a really important skill to, you know, try and learn if you don't know it because I think Absolutely. that's how you get the best out of people. Just it shows you value them. Um yeah, so can you speak a bit about the importance of people's skills? Oh, 100%. I mean, you look well. at the best way I can explain that, you look, and, I, and I'll use people we know, like you look at Wayne Bennett. You look at all the players, what they say about him. Mm. Oh, I want to go with Wayne. You know, look at it like a look, look, what was it, Darius Boyd from memory? Yeah. Yeah. Wherever Wayne went, he went. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he was in um, Broncos, he went there. Then he went to St. George, then he went there. Then he went Newcastle and back to Brisbane. He just kept following him. And you look at guys like Wendell Saylor and, you know, Langer, all these guys, they, he's, their, he's, he's their dad. You know mm, what I mean? Like sure. he, they absolutely, like, that's like gorge. That's mm. like gorge. That is what CEOs do. Mm. A job of a CEO, and this is what I say in my business here, mm. is, is my job is to make sure you get what you need. Mm. What do you need? Now, I'll tell you what I want you to do. Mm. You tell me what you need to make that happen. Mm. And, and you know, I, I have meetings with all my with all my managers and it's like, all right, what, what, what do you need? Like, And my answer is, is I would expect that if I say I need you to do A, B, and C, then you do it. Yes. But my but my response is, if you can't do it, then we need to have that conversation. So you put that to a basketball analogy, right? I expect you to be able to be on the split line, get down, talk to the defensive player, and if the guy drives baseline, or uh, you need to be there and help, and you take the charge, and you're not in the square, and take it square on the chest, and that bang. That's mm. what I expect. Now, if you can't do that, what do we need? Do mm. we need yoga? Do we need fitness? Do we need all of those things? Mm. And all of that is done. And we're not mm. even talking about basketball at the moment. Mm. We're just mm. talking what we do. And that's the type of thing where yeah. as an electrician, you know, right, I need you to have every tool that you possibly can have because if we're in that thing, I need this. Right. Mm. So how are we going to do that? Mm. So, And that's the type of thing. And that's what Gorge taught me. I mean, I, I, I'll tell you a quick story. And, yeah, mm. I babble on, you know, I always that's do as commentator. <laughs> so uh, so um, I talk too much. Shut up, Rosen. Um, but that's I, why um, you're so good, mate. That's why you're so uh, good. I, I remember there was one time and I'm, I'm playing oh, – sorry, I'm, I'm coaching. And as a player, mm. never nervous, mm. never nervous. As a coach, oh, my God, was yeah. I an anxious coach. Yeah. I just don't know what it is. It was a don't get nervous commentating. I mean, you get a little bit like make sure mm. you don't say something you shouldn't because yeah. it's always live. Yeah. But, you know, never nervous, all of that. As a coach, I was shocking. Shocking, mm-hmm. right? And I remember one time I, I rang Gorge before tip-off. Like, this is like 7, let's say it's 7.30 tip-off. I'm ringing him at 10 to 7. Man, I'm so nervous, mate. I'm so nervous. I don't know why this game. And he's and he's like, Rosen, you know how he goes and he's so good. And he's like, you know, there's two types of coaches. There's your Lindsay Gazers that can sit there and, you know, relax. And then there's yeah. your Gorsians. You're a yeah. Gorsian, mate. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and he said, I've got the solution for you. He said, what's that? There isn't one. Throw the ball in the air. That's it, mate. Yeah. Just throw the ball in the air. That'll stop the nose. And it does. Mm. You know, so you're so worried. And, you know, now I, I turn that around. And if you put that in a work environment, a CEO, CEO environment, if you're going into a big meeting or you're going into a big talk in front of a thousand people, mm. if you're really anxious and you're re- really nervous, I look at that and go, I'm ready. Mm. I'm yeah. ready. If, if I'm not nervous, am I not prepared? Yeah. So even sometimes with the big commentary, you know, 18,000 people at a game, my God, I'm just going to do an interview. It's going to be, uh, uh, I'm ne- oh, good, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready. So that that's the thing that, um, you know, it was able to teach me. Mm, that's awesome, mate. Very cool. Uh, let's go back just to those um, two years coaching with the Kings and being a part of that incredible time because yeah. uh, it really was. Did you get an inkling early on? in the pre-season that there was something special brewing because it was gorgeous first season in charge. Um, mm. I remember being at the you know, Sharks and, you know, shout out to the Southern Sharks. They're in the NBL 1 grand final coming up. But, yeah, good luck. That was great. Yeah, yeah. they were doing but, well. Um, I remember uh, finishing training and the Kings were training and I, you know, I've confessed on this podcast, I looked at the team and it was a, quite a few people. Like, it was a pretty new team and I looked at it and I was like, I don't think they're going to go very well this season. But... Mm. Obviously, yeah, went so well. So, did you get any no idea early on? Yep. 
Yeah. No, what was really interesting was it was Brett Brown's team because he built the team, right? right. And then he went on to San Antonio. Yeah. And um, then Gorge came in with the exact same team except brought Brad Sheridan up. Right. right? That was the only change of what right. was designated uh the imports were handpicked by brett and everything was done and the only one he bought in was brad sheridan now brad sheridan a flat out shooter great defender plays really well but not andrew gaze coming in right Mm -hmm. so no disrespect to rowdy uh brad sheridan but he wasn't you know like wasn't bringing in the Australian boomer that had been for four mm. Olympics. Mm. And then, you know, just just to watch him go about his business was unbelievable to mm. be able to do that. You know, he got the best out of every player. I love that, mm. you know, there'd be times where he might say, right, this player, you're, you, you know, you're on the bike today. You're not going to train if, they, if you know, they've had, you know, legs are getting heavy towards the end of the season. So mm. he just knew every player and every player knew what they were. So, mm. uh, no, I had no inkling. And back then as well, like, Sounds awful. Winning wasn't part of what we were used to in Sydney. Mm. You know, you're like, oh, we'll win games and you'll lose games. But it was never like in Gorsh's mind, mate, I don't plan a holiday until this. What's the last day of the grand final? I'm the day after that. Where, you know, the Sydney mentality was a little bit like, well, I hope I make playoffs and that finishes then. Do you know what I mean? Like in that mentality, mate, we're going deep. We are, you know, there's nothing else. So, so I just watched him do, do what he did and and Mm. then probably, you know, I think after ten games, I think we were nine and one or something like mm, that. Yeah, I remember that. Hang on a sec. This is this has got. And then Chris Williams, God bless him, he's passed mm, on now. But mm, um, yes. and Chris Williams was like, holy God! Like, in, for someone that hasn't got that natural shot, he's mm. a freak. Yeah, yeah. Matt Nielsen's now in the five spot doing what he's doing. Shane's banging from the outside. Brad Sheeran's doing it. My goodness! Yeah, we can do something here, yeah, you know. And yeah, then yeah. and then it just went from there. Yeah, no, it was incredible. Seed then obviously did the three peat. Uh, but is there any desire to get back into coaching from your point of view? Or? No, it's funny. I mean, look, you never say never, you know. Like, um, I, I do remember Gorge saying back then, um, you know, you got a decision to make. Um, mm. Are you going to go down the coaching path? Because mm. God bless him, he thought that I could be an NBL coach. Don't know if I could have, but, you know, yeah. he just said that. He said, you've got the making of that, but mm. you've got a decision to make because, you know, in the background, I'm running a business. You can't do both. You can't do both. If you want to do this, then I would have had to go what, where it may be needed. You know, there's, mm. you're not just going to walk into the head coach of a Sydney Kings role. So it could have been, you know, overseas, wherever it may be. And and yeah. back then it was just that situation where, you know, I, I had a business. It was flourishing, mm. um, you know, working with my, my brother. Uh, my wife mm. had moved up from Melbourne, uh, mm. started a family, and mm. it was just a decision. We we're like, no, nah, we're going to stay here. And, you know, the, the coaching thing wears you out. It really does. Even like mm. to me, it didn't matter whether I was NBL one or ABA. It didn't make a difference mm. to me. It was still whether I'd be head coach or you know you're still putting in the same time, video sessions, doing it all. So yeah, yeah. it was something. So to answer the question, you would never say never, um, mm. but it would. Um, it's always an itch you like to scratch. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Well, you did a tremendous job with the NBL commentary. I must say, one of the best there, I reckon. So ah, oh, thanks, mate. Get back into it for the new season. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. We've had some chats and and, and really looking forward to it. Um, Absolutely love doing the commentary. Um, Mm. You know, everyone I work with is outstanding. I mean, predominantly I work with, um, you know, Joe Healy in Sydney and Mm. Maddie Russell in in Wollongong. Maddie Mm. and I have been pretty much best friends since we started. have a great relationship and, and, and it's just like, you feel like when you're there, you're just sitting on a couch talking to your mates. So um, so it's really good. And the the production 
is second to none. Like, you know, they care about you. They're talking to you. They ring you. What's going on? What do you want to do? How are we going to do this? Let's make this the best we can. Mm. And, you know, a lot of people don't see the behind the scenes stuff that goes on. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. And that's, Mm. you know, I sit here and go, I understand why it's successful. Mm. Absolutely, mate. Well, been very good with your time. I did say half an hour and I'll, I'll let you go. But uh, obviously, you can see Brad uh, on ESPN and through the NBL, I guess, over the course of the season. But uh, Brad Rosen, thanks for coming on, mate, and sharing your story. Really appreciate you joining the More Than the Game podcast. Now, nah, my pleasure, mate. Go the Kings. Yes, absolutely. Thanks, mate.